0: on a very dull Monday in the middle of an international break. On Friday, I spoke about Steve McManaman and how I find it very strange, how underappreciated and undervalued he is by Liverpool fans. Over the weekend, another player's name cropped up who is disgracefully underappreciated by Liverpool fans, Michael Owen. Now, I understand that he left in bad circumstance and that he played for Manchester United towards the end of his career. I get those things. But your hurt feelings over those two things don't take away from what he was as a player or what he did for Liverpool in the time he was at the club. Michael Owen scored 158 goals in 297 games. He broke into the team at 17. He won back-to-back Golden Boots in the Premier League before he turned 20. He was European Football of the Year at 21. He played a key role in getting Liverpool top four in the final season under Rafa Bene under Jared Hulier. Which was part of the reason we were able to attract Rafa Benitez from Valencia. Now, the fact that he wanted to leave at that point, and remember, we finished fourth. It's not like we were title contenders at the time. He had an offer to go to Real Madrid. He hadn't been brilliantly treated by the club. In fact, he'd been failed by the club in a couple of situations with injuries. And he made a decision to take the next stage of his career somewhere else. At the time, we were all upset about it, obviously. He was 25. You would expect he was going to come into his peak years. And given what he'd done to that point, 158 goals in 297 games, there was a real feeling around Owen that he might be the one that breaks Ian Rush's record. He could have the longevity in this team, if fitness allowed, entering his prime years to go and break Ian Rush's record. He could become an absolute legend at the club. Michael Owen played in some fairly average Liverpool teams. He was the best player in the Liverpool team who won the treble under Gerard Houllier. He was the best player in the team that finished second in the league under Gerard Houllier. It's forgotten how special a player he was pre-injury, pre that first hamstring tear. Michael Owen was an absolute force of nature. If Owen came through now, the most comparable player to him as a team sensation would have been Mbappe. And if you look at their their skill sets, not their physical profiles, look at their skill sets, that lightning pace, the ability to spin in behind, the ability to carry the ball over distance, at speed, and beat defenders. Owen was a better finisher than Mbappe was at the same type of ages. Owen was a better player, flat out, between 17 and 20 than Mbappe was. Then he has the horrendous hamstring injury. And when he comes back, he doesn't have that same burst of speed over distance. So he has to alter his game. And it's forgotten how well he did in altering his game. And his link play became excellent. His ability to drop off, receive the ball, find a player, and then go behind. His movement in the box, his finishing elevated to a new level he became a bit more creative as well and started creating more chances for others. He was still a great player. He wasn't the same terrifying proposition he was for defenders pre-injury, but he was maybe a bit more difficult to play against in one-on-one situations because he expanded his game. Michael Owen was one of the best players in the world when he was at Liverpool. He won a Ballon d'Or. He's the last English person to do that. He was a kid when he did it. And he left for Real Madrid. It, It was a bad deal for us, but that's on Liverpool, not on him. That deal could have been done months beforehand. We dragged it out and ended up getting an absolutely awful deal. Coming back from Madrid, he was open to joining Liverpool. Newcastle offered more money. All Liverpool had to do was match the offer. Benitez made the decision not to do so. That's not on Owen, that's on Benitez. Yes, it's unfortunate that he went and played for Manchester United at the end. Yes, he deserves criticism for that. But at the same time, he'd been gone from Liverpool five years. And he wasn't the same caliber of player. He was just clinging on, hoping to win a medal or two because he hadn't had the success that a player of his promise suggested he might have. He'd won the FA Cup, the League Cup, and the UEFA Cup with us in 01. He'd won the League Cup again in 03. And then he won nothing. He spent one season at Real. He had the best minutes. Goal, minutes per goal ratio in La Liga. Coming off the bench for Real for the most part, he's still not been 16 goals in 45 games. Joined Toon, started brilliantly 7-11, and got injured, missed the better part of 18 months. And then he was just never the same after that. Unfortunately for Michael, his career was basically done and dusted by the time he was 28-29. In fact, if we look at, The truth of it, his career was done and dusted not long after he came back from Real. That first big injury at Newcastle, that's sort of where things really started to decline sharply. He was still a good Premier League player in 07, 08 and 08, 09, but he wasn't the same kind of player that he had been at Liverpool and at Real. And it strikes me that people always dismiss him in conversations. The conversation at the weekend was to rank Suarez, Torres, Fowler and Owen. Now, for me, Suarez is one and I don't think it's close. Suarez is the best footballer of the group. Suarez, for me, was the best player in the world for two and a half out of three and a half years in the last decade. From January 2013 to the end of the 13-14 seasons. So that 18 months. Then he had the first year at Barca. When Messi was, admittedly, a better player, but Suarez was right there with him. And then 15-16, Suarez was the better player. So for two and a half out of three and a half years, in the middle of Lionel Messi's peak, Suarez was better than him. He was substantially better than Cristiano Ronaldo. Suarez did everything. Goals, assists, work rate, whatever you needed, Suarez could do it. So Suarez is number one. But Owen is two. Owen is number two on that list. Owen's peak is better than anything Torres or Fowler hit. And Owen had more to his game than Fowler and more to his game than Torres. I would say Torres is three. Again, with Nando, you have to take into account when he left, he should have been entering his peak years, but his knee was just shot to pieces. And Fowler is four. Now, Fowler is great. This is not to disparage Robbie Fowler. Robbie Fowler was a great player. But Robbie Fowler wasn't as good as Torres. He wasn't wasn't as good as Owen. But yet, you go through the replies of some of these conversations that were taking place and loads of people had Owen bought him. Well, No. (laughs) Show me where he was the best player, where where either of the other two were the best players on teams that won major honours. Never happened. Show me where either of them won European Football of the Year. Never happened. People let their feelings towards Owen get in the way of how they view him as a player. Now, in part, it's because he was England's Michael Owen. He was always England's Michael Owen from a young age. Big part of that is the World Cup in 98. He goes there with England and he becomes a superstar. And all of a sudden, the chatter starts of he won't be at Liverpool long. He'd had one season in the Premier League, one full season in the Premier League. In in 96-97, he played two games, scored one goal against Wimbledon. 97, 98, he plays 44 games and scores 23 times. And he's sensational. He wins the golden boot in the Premier League with 18 goals in 36 games. And that might not sound like a lot now, because we're so used to seeing players go over 20 and push 30. But for those couple of years, when the league was uber defensive, excuse me, uber defensive, that was very, very impressive. And that was a time when you had your Shearer's your Coles, Ferdinand. There was great strikers in the league at the time. Teddy Sheringham, Dwight York. There were great strikers in the league at that time. And yet, Owen outscored them all. Chris Sutton, Dennis Burke. I'm sure he must have been injured that year because he didn't even get... 13 goals. Shearer must have been injured, so that's fair, but Owen still won a golden boot at 18. Went to the World Cup, and the talk was, he won't be at Liverpool long. Liverpool aren't good enough to keep him. Now, we finished third that year. We were a long way off the top, 13 points behind Arsenal, 12 behind United. But we weren't particularly good. The following season, 98-99, We finished 7th, 54 points, 25 points off the top. But again, Owen wins a golden boot. You've got Anelke, you've got Cole, you've got Fowler, you've got Shearer, and he's outscoring them all. He stayed after that World Cup for six years. Six years of turning down moves abroad. Inter Milan offered ridiculous money around 2000-2001 for Michael Owen, and we turned it down. He turned down other moves to stay at the club. So while your feelings are hurt by the fact that he left, and maybe the manner he left in, similar to McMahon, and then the fact that he went and played for United, which that part is warranted. But that doesn't distract from what he was for Liverpool. He was incredible for Liverpool. Absolutely incredible. This was a time where we still had McManaman, the end of McManaman. We had Owen, we had Fowler. He'd had some injuries, but he was still there. There was talk of this midfielder, this local lad coming through that was going to be incredibly special. That was obviously Stevie. And we had Carragher bursting onto the scene that he was looking like he might be more of a holding midfielder, but that was something we could have done with at the time. And you started to get this vision in your head of a Liverpool team built around these five local lads, all of whom, or at least four of whom, we knew were going to be incredible. McManaman, he was Admittedly, late uh, mid to, mid to late twenties at that point, but him as the kind of the older head, and then Owen, and then Fowler, Owen, and Gerrard, you knew were going to be incredible. Owen oh, Fowler had already proven himself. Owen was proving himself. Gerard had the promise, and then Carragher was the other one. And then it all starts to crumble apart. McManaman leaves on a free. Fowler gets sold. Owen leaves. But much of that is on the club as well. Like, why not blame the club for how badly run they were? For the lack of ambition. For not surrounding them with better players. Like, we wasted Steve McManaman at Liverpool. Wasted him. He was the best player in the league for a couple of years. We wasted Fowler at Liverpool. By the time Liverpool started winning things with Robbie Fowler at the club, other than the League Cup that he won with McManaman, He wasn't even a starter all the time. He was in competition with Heskey to play alongside Owen. We didn't surround these players with anywhere near enough talent. What's the one thing people talk about with Steven Gerrard constantly? How he carried the team for years. Gerrard played with better players than Owen did. He played with better players than Fowler and McManaman did. But we still didn't put enough around him. And the same was true of these other lads. And that's in part why they decided to move on. If Liverpool had done better, and it wouldn't have been hard to do better, but if they'd done better, Owen might have stayed his entire career. Fowler might never have had the falling out with Phil Thompson. The two of them might not have continually broke down through injuries because there might have been better options there to rotate them. McManaman might have stayed because he might have seen a path to winning major honours. If we hadn't tried to sell him to Barcelona, he probably would have stayed as well. So, you know, we all get our our feelings hurt by players leaving or, or decisions that they make. But at the end of the day, they get one career. And it is a short career. In a life of what you hope to be 80 to 90 years, your career is... 12 to 15 years at the senior level if you're lucky some people it's less you have to do what's best for you and your family and you put yourself in the best situation to win because at the end of the day that's what matters most it's it's winning and Liverpool didn't put players in a good enough position to win. Owen could never have looked at things at the start of the 0405 4 5 season and thought this season's going to end with Liverpool winning the European Cup. We were the fifth best team in England that year. We're one of the worst teams to ever win the Champions League or the European Cup. We had no argument to make that we were the best team in England that year. In 1819... When we finished second and won the European Cup, we had a real argument to make that we were the best team in England. They finished a point ahead of us. We won the European Cup. They didn't even make the semi finals. So we had a real argument to make that we were the best team in the league that year. We couldn't even argue that we were top three back in 04 05. It wasn't even close. We weren't even in the discussion. We could argue we were better than Everton, sure, but not. Chelsea, that machine that Mourinho built. Not Arsenal, coming, who, who were a year removed from going unbeaten. Not United, who'd had countless success before that, had a team full of stars. We couldn't argue we were better than those. We were the fourth best team in England at best. Owen couldn't have looked at that and thought, yeah, this is, this is the year we're going to win the European Cup because nobody thought we were going to win the European Cup that year. When we drew Juventus, people were like, that's the end of this run. Liverpool fans, not the general public. Liverpool fans, that's the end of this run. When we drew Chelsea, everybody thought that was it. We were definitely losing to them. And then that Milan team in the final. And remember, in that final, which was 120 minutes, Milan battered us for all bar six minutes. They played the perfect Champions League final for all bar six minutes. Owen couldn't have foreseen that. Nobody did. So, him deciding to leave and then us winning the European Cup, that's, that doesn't prove he was wrong to leave. Doesn't prove he was wrong to leave at all. We might not have won it if he'd stayed because we might have played a different style of football. It bothers me how much Michael Owen is disrespected by the fan base. It really does because he was so special. And when he broke through, he was a real shining light in the team. He was someone really special that you could really get on board with. And now he's he's just disrespected constantly. Like I see people say James Milner's a Liverpool legend. And then dismiss Michael Owen. What are you talking about? Michael Owen was the best player at Liverpool from... 2000 and, sorry, 1999 to 2003. And then Gerard elevated above him in that final season, that 03 or 04 season. But it was Owen for five years was the best player at the club. James Miller has never been the best player at any club. James Miller has never won anything as a starter in his life. He's been a squad player. Go and look at his record in finals that he started in. It's appalling. James Milner was not a bigger Liverpool legend than Ginny Winealdum. Ginny Winealdum played every minute of every game as we won major honours. Milner was a squad player. We won a league title. Milner played less than a 1,000 minutes. Won a European Cup with him coming off the bench for 15, 20 minutes here and there. He was a midfield starter for one year. Then he got shunted to left-back because we didn't have a left-back. No disrespect to Albi Moreno. And from then on, he was a squad player. Milner was a starter at Liverpool for two years. He wasn't a starter in 17-18. Go and look at his game logs. He was a squad player. He started certain games. He only started the Champions League final because Oxide chamberlain was injured. following season squad player and then squad player ever since. He had two seasons as a starter. One as a left back. People want to call him a legend and dismiss Ginny Wijnaldum. Dismiss Michael Owen. We might talk about Ginny tomorrow. It's incredible to me how disrespected a great, great player like Michael Owen is. One that should be held up as an example to young players. He might not be the most interesting guy in the world. You might take issue with the fact that he left the way he did, the way he played for Manchester United. Fine, but you can't dismiss how good he was as a player. You can't dismiss that he was a model professional at this club. He is the example that all young players should follow. Just full commitment to being great. Michael Owen didn't want to be a very good player. Michael Owen wanted to be a great player. And if it wasn't for injuries, he'd be seen as an all-timer. He'd comfortably, comfortably be the all-time record goal scorer for England. Like It wouldn't even be a debate. He'd be miles clear. Just show him more respect. That's all I ask. Uh, Moving on then to the main... Liverpool websites on This is Anfield, the headline piece is a piece about Joe Gomez the exclusive club that Joe Gomez has joined this year so do check that out there it is a very good read by Owen Collins is the chap's name, I don't know his work but it's a very good piece, so do check that one the other Liverpool FC they won the league in 2020 but they play in blue, this is Liverpool in Uruguay um, there are some pictures and some pieces up around the LFC Legends game at the weekend. Um, some, some really good moments. Some really good moments there. Great to see some of the faces that were involved. Uh, Liverpool monitoring Salzburg's mini Haaland, Eight goals and seven assists in 28 games. Benjamin Sesco, we've talked about him before. Talented player, the comparisons to Haaland could do with stopping. Um, The 22-year-old who left Liverpool and is now part of Canada's history makers, this is Liam Miller. Congrats to him and the Canadian national team who qualified for the first World Cup in, I think, 36 years. So credit to them. Liverpool projected to earn more than $8.5 from controversial NFT sales. Look, I... Genuinely have no idea what an NFT is. I, I know it's a non-fungible token. I, 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 It's a picture as far as I'm concerned. But here's the thing. If you're outraged by it, just don't buy it. You, you, you don't have to buy one. You don't have to have any involvement. You can just ignore it and pretend it's not happening. You don't have to buy one. No one is coming to your house to take your money away in exchange for what, to me, looks like a JPEG. But you don't have to buy it. That's the key thing to remember here. When you're getting furious over the club, getting involved in whatever it is NFTs are, and are meant to do, you, just, you don't have to have any involvement in it. You can just pretend it's not happening. It's very easy. It's very easy. We do it with a lot of stuff the club do. You can just pretend it doesn't happen. Uh, Liverpool.com have a bunch of piece, not pieces up. Jurgen Klopp has fixed biggest Liverpool issue with six-goal upgrade that could topple Man City. Uh, Liverpool must secure 58 million transfer to stop United signing 26-goal game changer. This is Christopher Nkunku. I've said before, if it was me, I would be selling Sadio and bringing in Christopher Nkunku. I think he is the ideal replacement for Mane, especially now that Mane has moved into that central role. Nkunku between Salah and Diaz would be sensational. Um, Let's see now. Chelsea transfer raid. Liverpool have been back to sign a midfielder from Chelsea this season. Conor Gallagher. Now, Normally we would say, well, there's no way Chelsea would sell to us, but their financial situation is about to change drastically. And if they want to continue to buy players, they're going to have to sell players. And Conor Gallagher is probably one of the most saleable assets they have. If we make the best offer, they will sell him. And I I wouldn't be against it. I do like him. He's got eight goals in the Premier League this season. It's an impressive return. Uh, according to Spanish outlet AS, Erling, ha- or, uh, Erling Haaland is Barcelona's main attacking target this season. But the club would like to sign Mo Salah as well to form a dream double. They, they, this nonsense. It's absolute, absolute nonsense. More nonsense. They've apparently agreed terms at Rafinha. It's just garbage. Barcelona don't have the money to do that. I don't care about their Spotify money. The Spotify deal doesn't pay them enough to buy Haaland on his own, let alone Salah or Rafinha or any of the other two on their own either. Um, Contract increase. Barcelona might be splashing the money on incomings. They're clearly not. But they could reportedly lose one of their defenders because of him not wanting... or because of the club not offering a, a fair wage to him. This is Ronald Arroyo. The club have offered him about £58,000. He wants a bit more than that. The feeling is he could earn substantially more. We're ready to move on, and he might be one that Liverpool could look at. If Joe Gomez was to leave, uh, that would be absolutely one of the best possible scenarios for Liverpool, if Joe left, would be to bring him in. He is tremendous. Liverpool could sell five players as Jurgen Klopp and Julian Ward face major transfer decisions. So they're suggesting that one of the players who could leave would be one of the Salamane Firmino group. I think the, the Mane one is the obvious one. Uh, Bobby would bring in far less money than either of the other two. Mo is more valuable to the team. And Bobby is more likely to be happy enough to stick around in the squad role, whereas Sadio is going to want a massive contract and he's going to want to be starting and he may not be the best choice for the team. Uh, Taki Minamino is another one. Uh, James Milner, well, he can't be sold. He's leaving on a free. Um, there is then question marks over Ox and Nabby And then obviously Joe Gomez is another one to mention. There's also Nico. There's Nash. i put Costas in the same boat as Joe if he wants to go and play somewhere else. It's hard to stop him, really. Divock will leave. Myself and Gags have gone through the squad on the latest Old School, which is out now, and we've done a bit of keep, loan, and sell. So do give that a listen when you get a chance. Um, There's a few other bits and pieces here, but you can check them out yourself. There is one piece about Pakai Saka, and suggesting that he could be the Salah succession plan. I'd definitely be on board with that. There's also a piece about latour Martinez which is worth a read. On Anfield Index, we have a bunch of new podcasts over the weekend. There are two old schools. There's a new Scouted. There's a Minefield podcast. And there is the latest, of the, the next edition of On the Books with myself and Trev discussing, Provided You Don't Kiss Me, 20 Years with Brian Clough, written by Duncan Hamilton, one of the great football books. And that podcast is, is, is it's a belter. It's just a belter. Go and listen to it. Uh, there's also a piece up about the old school that myself and Gags did, looking at whether or not Liverpool could win the quadruple. Um, Dan, Daniel Rhodes has plucked some of the best bits from it. So do check that out there. And that's it. I will see you tomorrow, folks. Enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show.